turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's an honor. It's always an honor. Today is Thursday, May the 7th, 2020, in the year of our Lord. Today on May 7, uh, 1789, America's first inaugural ball was held in New York in honor of President George Washington, who had just taken the oath of office a week earlier. Today in 1847, American Medical Association was formed. And today in 1889, the Johns Hopkins Hospital in Baltimore opened its doors. Today in 1939, Germany and Italy announced a military and political alliance. It was known as the Rome-Berlin Axis. Today in 1945, Germany signed an unconditional surrender at Allied headquarters in Rams, France. It ended its role in World War II and essentially or effectively ended World War II. With that, of course, the United States was dealing with Japan, as we know. They, too, signed an unconditional surrender. Today, in 1963, the United States launched the Telstar 2 communication satellite. That changed communications forever. Today, in 1975, President Gerald R. Ford, he formally declared an end to the Vietnam era. He didn't call it the war. He called it the Vietnam era. The Viet Cong celebrated. They took over. They were taking over anyway. And they changed the name from Saigon to Ho Chi Minh City. Today in 1992, the latest addition to America's space shuttle fleet, Endeavour, went on its first flight. And five years ago today, a three-judge panel of the Second U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals in New York ruled that the National Security Agency, it's a government agency, their bulk collection of millions of Americans' phone call records was illegal. They couldn't do it anymore. So they stopped. Hopefully they did. They say they did. But you know, there's a, there's a growing intrusion upon our just personal lives and our personal security in today's world, with satellites in the air, cell phones, and all the stuff we have, all the tech stuff we have that's supposed to make our lives better, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it makes it worse. How many times have you sat down to eat a meal and people at the table, maybe they're your own family, maybe they're the kids that you and your spouse created under God. They're sitting there on their cell phone all through the meal monitoring what's pinging on it and all that kind of thing. I mean, have we helped ourselves really with all this tech? I mean, I guess we have, but sometimes you wonder. I want to talk a little bit about that today. I want to talk to you a little bit about how the tech media is, they really are becoming a conscious type figure in people's minds. Twitter You say, well, Gary, I'm not on Twitter. Well, listen up. 
because this has to do with people that are not on Twitter as much as that are. But Twitter, millions of people are on Twitter, of course. The president is famously, infamously to his to his enemies. But people people that are using Twitter now are are now being taught in advance, kind of a pre-criminal act. They're being told in advance by Twitter not to say that. That wouldn't be appropriate. That's where we are today. I'm going to come back to that in a moment. But I'll tell you, this shutdown in America is, is taking its toll. I talked about that yesterday. By the way, I got, I got several email from people who said either they or a family member was, uh, in fact, one individual that contacted me owns a newspaper, and he said his daughter has been, been struggling with this issue that we talked about. She owns a, a, a beauty salon, a hair salon, and um, that's her source of income. And uh, it's been shut down, same kinds of things we were talking about yesterday. They're trying to do the right thing, but he said, I, I can't tell you how much the, the, uh, your article yesterday that, that he had read, he said, helped my family. He said, we sat down and had a prayerful discussion about it. I think they're going to go ahead and open up their, even though they're not supposed to. I don't know what they're going to do, but the point is that there's things to be talking about, and when we talk about them in the context of God's Word, it brings a lot more clarity than it does simply looking at things from a political angle. And those who are outside of Christ, who do not serve Christ, who are not in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, they can only look at things that are happening in our world, human events, as they're called, through a secular political lens. And it can be overwhelming. And I understand that. That's why the gospel of Jesus Christ must be preached to the world. The last things that Jesus told us before he ascended to the Father, he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. It wasn't because he just wanted us to be busy. It was because the gospel changes everything. And it starts with the individual life. And I would say to you, if you've tuned into this radio program, maybe you're driving across country or whatever, and you're listening, or maybe you listen all the time, if you haven't accepted Jesus Christ into your life, you are missing the abundant life. You're missing the opportunity to look at things in the world that's happening around you to maybe you yourself or your family through a biblical lens, through a biblical worldview. It changes, I promise you, it changes everything. When you simply come to Christ and say, you know, Maybe I'm religious, maybe not. Maybe you're rebellious. But you come to Christ and you say, Lord, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you were resurrected from the dead. And if you if you believe that in your heart, if you confess it with your mouth and say, Christ, I want you to be my Lord. I want you to come into my life and forgive me of my sins. It changes everything. First of all, it settles eternity for you. You will not be going to hell. You'll be going to heaven. And I think that should be an easy decision to make. But beyond that, which is the most important issue, I would think it is to me. But beyond that, it brings the peace of God that passes all understanding. In Psalm 34, Verse 7 through 9, we read, The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. 
O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. O fear the Lord, you his saints. There is no want to those who fear him. But that doesn't apply to you if you haven't accepted Christ. See, that's the problem. None of the promises of the word of God, we can read them, and they are comforting as literature, but it doesn't become your comfort and your peace and your sanity until you accept Jesus Christ. He is the Word made flesh. I would I I didn't have this in my notes, but I I feel in my heart there's somebody listening right now. You need to get your heart right with God. You've gone along, maybe you're religious or consider yourself religious, maybe you go to church, you're listening to this program. But man, I mean, get it right. This is your moment. Maybe maybe God prompted me just for you. Be sure your heart is right with God. Stop rebelling against Him. Or stop being just ambivalent or passive. Don't just be religious. Be born again or saved or call it what you want. But accept Jesus Christ and your, your life will be so dramatically transformed I don't even know how to describe it. I would encourage you to do so right now. This will be your day of rebirth, spiritual birth. Jesus Christ, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you are resurrected from the dead, and I ask you to come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me from all of my unrighteousness. I want to be born again. I want to be your child. I want to be in that relationship with you. That is the eternal message of Almighty God who created all things. He loves you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. Whoever believes in him is not going to perish but have everlasting life. Man, if I could, if I could persuade you I would do so, but consider it. Do it. This is your moment. Well, back to... uh, That was for you. Yeah, you. Back to what we were talking about. Neiman Marcus filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy today. It's the largest retailer that has done so as a result of this shutdown. They're a high-end deal. I don't buy stuff from but I think most of us are aware of it. Very high-end, kind of a glamorous type store. Been very successful over the years. Filed for bankruptcy this morning. Others are doing so. Some are teetering on the edge of it because you just can't function as a society without some kind of trade and or retail, as we call it. And so uh, in business, as usual, because that is what drives a culture. It has from the very beginning. People were bartering and trading things, and it's much advanced, but the principles are the same. And so many many people are suffering today, and Neiman Marcus is the latest casualty. And it's all because of a virus that wasn't properly contained in China, but has been really spread around the world. I'm not blaming China. I'm blaming them for their inaction, 
try to save face more than they were concerned about people's lives in the beginning. I, I, I understand. I get that. But now we have to deal with the, real, with the reality of it. 61% of Washington deaths, Washington State, 61% are linked to long-term care facilities. Families put their loved ones in these care facilities, and 61% of all the people that have died so far from this coronavirus, Chinese virus, in Washington State, are linked to care facilities. I don't know about you, but if you're over 40, I am. I don't want to go to one of those places. Walla Walla County health officials are retracting a statement they made earlier. King 5's been running the story in Seattle. Cairo ran a story on it. Cairo TV ran one as well. The story said that people in Walla Walla, Washington, were having parties, coronavirus parties, so they could infect one another. People that were not infected, they were younger people, according to the story, younger people were getting together and, and having this party and so they could infect each other, so they could get the, the virus and then get over it. Well, after, I don't know, and the story actually went national. I saw it in a national release somewhere, and I don't know where it was, but I, I noticed it. But King, King 5 has run the story a couple of times. Well, they came out this morning with some retractions. And they're saying that the the county health officials in Walla Walla, Washington, are now saying, well, we may have misstated. And they weren't actually coronavirus parties. And they're kind of walking that back now. It wasn't as they said. But all kinds of funny stuff are, is going on as a result of this coronavirus party. I have heard people say, in fact, I heard a doctor say some weeks ago, she would just as soon get the virus and get over it, so she would be this is a doctor, a medical doctor. So she would not get it later. <laughs> I don't know. Washington State has, the Seattle Times says this morning, 870 deaths among 15,905 overall cases in the state as of today. 224,813 people in Washington state have taken a test for the coronavirus. 7.1% of those tests have been positive, according to the State Department of Health. It just rolls along, and we keep going, and we're all wanting to get through this thing. I mean, everybody is. And I think it's proper to take the proper protections and the proper actions. But we've got to trust in the Lord. We've got to serve the Lord. Because otherwise this this could break people. The, the domestic violence, I, I'm reading, not only here in the Northwest, but around the country, is spiky. Domestic violence, because people have been shut in for a long time with each other, and they're having all kinds of difficulties. And I understand that. Having been a pastor for so many years, I, I get that. I mean, it brings a lot of pressure on the family. Paul wrote to the Thessalonians in chapter 3, But the Lord is faithful and will establish you and guard you from the evil one. And we have confidence in the Lord concerning you. And he goes on to say, Stay with the doctor that we doctrine that we taught you, that we commanded you, meaning the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
He said, that way the Lord will direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patience of Christ and away from fear and anxiety and the things that attach themselves to us and sometimes blow up our lives and sometimes cause people to do things they ought not to do, including in their own family and in marriage relationships. These to, to say these are perilous times are, is an understatement. These are difficult times, but I'll tell you, there is, there is something and someone who is greater than all of this, and it is God Almighty himself. And if you've ever doubted it, he loves you, and he cares for you, and he's looking down on this, and God is in control. This thing is not going to go beyond what God allows it to go beyond, and what God is doing is speaking to our hearts. And there are things that we need to learn through this process. I don't have them all written down. I haven't been to the mountain, and I don't have them in stone. But I will tell you that in my heart, I feel that God is speaking to his people. And one thing that has come from this, among many, many others, is that churches today, as they have been shut down and not meeting, physically meeting, in the church buildings, some of them large, I mean, tens of thousands of members and so on, and some of them small But one thing that's been happening, pastors are reporting all over this nation that once they've started doing their services online, I'm not suggesting we should abandon the forsake the assembling of ourselves together. We're not to do that. The Bible is very clear on that. But I'm telling you that because those services are being put on streaming, and some already were, but and because people cannot go and assemble themselves. And that is a whole issue itself. I have some real problems with that. But anyway, because we're not doing, excuse me, because we're not doing it, they're they're saying that a church maybe that has a thousand people that attend it or generally call it their church home or whatever, they'll have 6,000 people watching on their streaming service. Some of the services of larger churches that have maybe five, 10,000 people that attended are, are are reporting that they had over a million people watching it. David Jeremiah said that the other day, and he I mean he's well known, but there are other pastors that are perhaps lesser well known than he that are, are saying the same thing. They'll have five hundred thousand people watching, or th- and they're hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ. So, in the most dire situation, God works through those circumstances for His glory. And his purposes. So just hold on, but trust in the Lord. Don't lean to your own understanding and all that you're hearing out there. And I didn't mean to get into all of that today. It wasn't planned, but I just feel it needs to be said, so we're saying it. That's why we do this program live in the moment. At least it originates live. Some of you are hearing it on a slight delay. Not much of a delay, but a little bit. But God is good, and God is in control. Just keep looking at things through God's love, through God's word, and through God's guidance for you, your family, and those that you may be responsible for. Well, what I started to talk to you about about 13 minutes ago is that Twitter is on a new campaign to control what we say and think. Have you ever said something that you wish you wouldn't have said well we all have you like to take it back and sometimes you have to apologize to somebody for what you said 
But not to worry if you're a Twitter user. And I know, again, all of you listening are not on Twitter. I, I get that. But listen up. Because the social media giant, millions of people are on Twitter, including the President of the United States. They're now overseeing your comments, and they're going to prompt you before you hit the tweet button or the send button if there's something they feel you shouldn't say. I'm not kidding. This is where we are. It will help you to think correctly, they say, and will protect the public from being infected by wrong think. That's what they're calling it. There's a new era for the battle of our mind. And you should be aware of that because it's not only Twitter. It's on a lot of fronts. Today is National Day of Prayer. I put a link in my article at faithandfreedom.us today. I talked about this Twitter issue. You can go there and link right to the um, official site of the National Day of Prayer. Praying for our nation. Praying that God will heal our land. Will help us through this horrible pandemic. And praying that God's purposes will be carried out. Pray for our nation today. Pray for the president. Pray for your neighbors. Pray for the people you know. Pray for your pastor. But ask God for his blessing his forgiveness, and his abundance to come to our lives. National Day of Prayer. That God's glory will be seen across this earth. Reuters is reporting that Twitter will be test-sending users' prompts beginning this week. (laughs) They'll have to decide, they say, whether they actually revise what they're saying or not at this point. (laughs) This Sunita Selgram, she's uh, Twitter's global head of the site policy for trust and safety. She says, we're trying to encourage people to rethink their behavior and rethink their language before posting because they often are in the heat of the moment and they might say something they regret. Well, that's not a bad, I mean, we all need help, right? But the company has already taken action against about 396,000 people, accounts on Twitter, because of their quote-unquote abuse of policies, 584,000 accounts under its hateful conduct conduct policies have been punished, taken down. We all get sick of trash talk on social media. I mean, it's just in. I just avoid it like the plague, but it's everywhere. But does it concern you at all that Twitter is so committed to you and your well-being that they want to help you before you do or say something wrong or inappropriate? They want to tell you what would be right not what would be wrong. And that's why, again, we've got to look at God's, at our, our world and our experience through God's word. There was a, I haven't seen the movie, but I, I'm aware of it. And there was a, a film out in 2002 with Tom Cruise and I don't know who else was in it, but it was called Minority Report. Some of you may have seen it. It was a very successful film. But in there, they deal with something in this Minority Report, this film. They deal with something called pre-crime, <laughs> Actions. In other words, they are trying to arrest or to detour people who are about to commit a crime, about to do something wrong. And that puts help into a whole new category. That isn't help, it's control. Twitter will notice when you're about to do something wrong and they will save you from yourself. That's what this is all about. As I said, I wrote a pretty extensive article on that today and you need to be aware of it, so I would encourage you 
I intended to get into more of this on the air today, but I just felt led to talk to you about your soul and what you should do in times like these or any time in regards to getting it right with the Lord. But I would encourage you to read that article because I, I think it's helpful. It has a lot of information from a number of sources, including a 2018 undercover um, video that was taken by James O'Keefe, that Veritas Project guy. He's He interviews people. He did a lot of interviews with uh, Planned Parenthood people, and they, they didn't know they were on video. And, and then he exposed what, and they were just talking. They weren't guarded. They weren't talking the, the line that they're supposed to say and so on about women's health care and blah, blah, blah. Planned Parenthood is, is about abortion, about killing babies. And they talk very openly. Well, it's the same guy. And he did this. He talked to some people. They didn't know who he was. And he had a camera on him and was recording all of it that worked for uh, Google and for Twitter and other people. Well, in that, he found that there's a pretty deep commitment to controlling what people say and and do as far as on social media, but there's also a commitment to changing their minds, to reorient them, re-educate them. And it runs pretty deep. And I wrote an article on that. And again, I, I don't have time to get into it. I couldn't have gotten into all of it otherwise, but not so much today. But I would encourage you to read that. But the one thing that I wanted to make you aware of, that Google, different from Twitter, but Google is targeting your children. And Michelle Malkin she used to work for the Seattle Times. She's now a national syndicated uh, columnist. Very, very good. Very conservative. She has children of her own and so on. But she wrote an article yesterday about how Google is targeting children through this. As schools remain shuttered across the country, 30 million Americans are out of work and food banks are running low. But the education sector is really focusing on the kids that are studying online at home. And I I wrote an article, including her article in that. You should read it, faithandfreedom.us. And um, I think it'll be very helpful to parents or grandparents who have kids who are studying at home online because Google is giving away all these all these Chromebooks, I mean, thousands of them to people, and people are just raving and saying, thank you, thank you, thank you. But Google, on the other hand, is gathering all this information about the profile of your kids and your family and all this stuff, and they admit it. They didn't know they were talking to a reporter, but they admit it, that they're doing that. They're creating profiles, even face recognition, through these GIFs, Trojan horse comes to mind. They don't want to hurt you, I don't think. They just want to use you and make money off your profile. But it's very concerning because who else gets, you know, can get this information? I mean, I don't know, but you can fill in the blanks like I can. These are very, very trying times. We just need to be informed and need to be aware. And we need to trust the Lord with all our heart. This is not a time to be leaning to our own understanding, but in all of our ways we need to acknowledge God and he will direct our paths. He will show us the way. But the thing is that I want to leave with you today just extemporaneously is that don't get depressed and discouraged. There's every reason to be. I mean, this thing isn't going well. But God is in control. And I want to tell you I know this. God loves you, and he cares about you. 
and God will see you through. What other men, I know they mock this, Mike Pence says about prayer and the importance of prayer, and they mock him and everybody that says anything, says anything like what I'm saying, if they're well-known, they're mocked, but it's true. God is with you. God will help you. So think on those things. We'll continue our conversation tomorrow.